0: This is called GOP launch criminal new scheme to um oops it kind of lost it oh well this was uh 19, 18 minutes ago breaking Trump appointed judge makes most dangerous. Related. Breaking
1: news here on Legal AF, I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo, a massive disappointment ruling has just come down in a Texas federal court banning the FDA from producing the abortion pill, literally revoking the abortion pill license. So if you remember, there are two drugs that go into a medical abortion pill. One of them is called mifepristone, and that 23 years ago was fast-tracked for approval. However, it has been, uh, it has been widely studied by scientists for 23 years and it has been found to be much safer than viagra or penicillin but because in 2000 in 23 years ago, it was fast-tracked. This judge is now saying he's putting his religious and moral beliefs in the place of scientists, and he is revoking the FDA approval and uh, not allowing this drug to have FDA approval. What does that mean? Even though he sits in Texas? You, first, let's put this in context. There's 94 judicial districts all across the country broken up into... I think 12 or 13 circuits and this particular judicial district only has one federal judge. Now that's some judicial districts have many federal judges. And so when you go there, you spin the wheel and you get who you get. And some have some conservative judges, some have liberal judges and you literally, you get who you get here. This particular district in Amarillo, Texas has one judge and he is out. He is a far right judge extreme trump appointee and again his name is matthew Kazmarek, and he has become the darling judge for forum shopping for people who want really radical right-wing decisions to come down and so this judge who again as i said was a trump appointee he has revoked the fda approval he's stayed it for seven days allowing it to go to appeal but his ruling will have an impact on the entire country and make it so that women across the nation will not have access to this pill. And sadly, unfortunately will potentially resort to black market pills from other jurisdictions, from other countries, which is not safe. And if, if somebody is having a medical, a reaction to one of these unsafe drugs, I, if, if it's black market and therefore not regulated, I, there, there's a chilling effect worry that, that women will then choose not to seek treatment for, for that, because they're for fear of retribution for taking these pills. But it's worth noting that most women who have abortions today have medical abortions that are done with pills and not in a doctor's office with, uh, with surgery. So this is a terrible, terrible ruling, and it's a sad day for women and for democracy because, you know, the Supreme Court couldn't have been clearer when they overruled Ro- Roe v. Wade. What they said was, leave it up to the states. They said there's no nationwide federal right or, or any sort of fundamental right to an abortion, which, of course, I disagree with, but they said, they said leave it up to the states. Let, let democracy decide. Let the states decide. But you know what? That wasn't good enough for the, the conservatives. Who, by the way, the plaintiffs in this case, uh, the lead attorney is Josh, Senator Josh Hawley's wife. That's who's representing the plaintiffs. And oh his wife God filed God. this in a remote Amarillo Texas courthouse just to get this one judge. And, and this judge Holly. was a Trump appointee who was so the general counsel to the far right. The first Liberty first Liberty Institute. Except for you which is fucking
2: idiots.
0: L- Lazy motherfuckers, you all you Americans Fucking lazy to allow Josh Hawley to remain in fucking office. How fucking stupid must you all be? Really shocking. Shocking how uh, under, uh, you know, how stupid and ignorant and and dumb and lazy uh, Americans are to allow Josh Hawley to be remain in office.
1: Gp. TQ rights, abortion, and contraception. And he's the most lawless judge in the country. What comes next from this? Uh, This is going to then uh, be appealed to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. He he did a seven-day stay before his order takes effect. However, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, as I said, there's 12 or 13 circuits. This is widely known as the most conservative uh, circuit in the country with the most conservative activist judges. And so, who knows what they're going to do, but I don't have faith that they will overrule this lawlessness. And frankly, we don't know what the Supreme Court will do either and whether they will rein him in. Now, don't, also today, just surprisingly, you know, in in dueling rulings, a second ruling came down, and this is the ruling uh, in Washington State, where Holy a judge in Washington State <laughs> issued a dueling injunction prohibiting the FDA from pulling Mepacrinestone off the market. It literally directly conflicts with Kazmarek's ruling, and so it's, they, they the, so the FDA is both enjo- is going to have an injunction from releasing the drugs and an injunction from pulling the drugs. And so this is going straight to the Supreme Court. The question is, can we get it there quickly? How quickly can we get it there? And what will they do? And what will happen in the meantime while it's going to the Supreme Court? So this is a very big deal. This could impact every woman in every state, even states that have no restrictions on abortion. So this is a big deal. This is more of the trump appointee judges being lawless and this is a very very sad day and and step back for women in this country
3: love this video then you'll love the midas touch podcast listen as my brothers and i break down the latest news and chat with top political leaders on the fastest growing pro democracy podcast in the world new episodes drop every tuesday and friday add the midas touch podcast right now wherever you listen to your podcast
4: At the age of 70, Mike seems almost just human. He tours as a drummer in two rock bands, (laughs) and he plays marathon sets that
3: last until the wee hours of the morning.
1: Breaking news here.
2: Term limits.
0: I'm gonna tag Joe Biden. Don't jump, little girl. You're gonna get attacked, my sweetie. No, don't you dare. Hey. No, don't you dare, cheeky. You're gonna get hurt. I'm gonna hurt you, girl. You're so tiny. Howley. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. verdonkulous what a shithole country we've turned into thanks to Trump blame Trump everybody should blame Trump Trump arrests GOP in the tailspin did we finish listening to lights on? watch. Oh my God! Here we go. I knew it.
5: This is Democracy Now! DemocracyNow.org. On. The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. As former President and 2024 presidential candidate Donald a Trump prepares to be arrested in New York on Tuesday. We turn now to look at a growing controversy about one of Trump's likely presidential opponents. That's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, widely expected to seek the Republican nomination for president. Prior to entering politics, DeSantis served in the Navy as an attorney at the U.S. prison at Guantanamo, and in Fallujah, Iraq. DeSantis's time at Guantanamo is coming under scrutiny after a former prisoner named Mansour Dahi revealed that DeSantis had personally witnessed him being force-fed and tortured. Other prisoners have backed up a day count. Last month DeSantis denied authorizing force-feeding at Guantanamo.
4: The Washington Post did a big deep dive on this today actually about what you did out there. One of the things they said was that you authorized the use of force-feeding that's some of the... Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, any of the stuff oh, that people... Just to finish, Force feeding to detainees in on hunger true. strike. Was that true? So I was, a, I was a
3: junior officer. I didn't have authority to authorize anything. There may have been a commander that would have done feeding if someone was going to die, but that was not something that I would have even had authority to do.
5: So
4: that's, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
5: That was Ron DeSantis last month in an interview with Piers Morgan. But in an interview five years ago in 2018, DeSantis admitted to CBS Miami that he'd authorized force feeding.
3: I was a legal advisor. For um, those that were doing The things it, that would happen is the thing you notice the day you get down there is for these detainees, the jihad was still ongoing. Right. And they would wage jihad any way they can. Now, they're in a facility, so it's limited. But some of the things they would do, they would do hunger strikes. And you actually had three detainees that committed suicide with hunger strikes. So everything at that time was legal in nature one way or another. So the commander wants to know, well, how do I combat this? So one of the jobs of the legal advisor would be like, hey, you actually can force feed here's what you can do here's kind of the rules of
5: that that was Ron desantis in 2018 as he was running for governor in florida well with desantis expected Join. to soon launch a run for the white house we're joined by former guantanamo prisoner Mansour adifi at the age of 18 he left his home in yemen to do research in afghanistan shortly before he was scheduled to return home He was kidnapped by Afghan warlords and sold to the CIA after the September 11th attacks. He was jailed and tortured in Afghanistan, then transported to the U.S. military prison at Guantanamo in 2002, where he was held without charge for 14 years, many of those years in solitary confinement. (sighs) Mansour Adaifi now joins us from his home in Belgrade, Syria. In 2021, he published a memoir titled, Don't Forget Us Here, Lost and Found at Guantanamo. Wow. Mansour Daifi, welcome back to Democracy Now.
6: Hey, hi, Amy. Uh, nice to see you again. Good morning, America.
5: Good morning. It's great to have you with us. Hello, You're welcome. actually speaking to the world right now um, at democracynow.org. You were detainee 441. Explain your connection to the current Florida governor, DeSantis.
6: Uh, yeah, that, back to 2006. As you know, like, let me give a brief uh, introduction. So wh- why we went on hunger strike in the first place. As you know, we were transferred to Guantanamo. Spent a year, uh, years without, without any kind, like, until now, without any kind, like, charges or rights and so on. At the end of 2002, General Jeffrey Miller arrived and he turned the, 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 the Guantanamo into uh, experimenting lab. And the situation got only worse every month and every year. By 2005, we managed to organize like, a mass hunger strike against the US government. The uh, camp uh, administration at that time tried to negotiate with us to stop the hunger strikes, so they can move the living condition in the camp. We agreed, but it was just they were buying uh, time. By the beginning of 2006, a new medical team, a new uh, camp staff arrived. One of them was uh, a young officer, a young handsome officer, who came to talk to us and told us he was there to ensure that we were being treated uh, humanely, and we talked to him about why we were on your side, what, 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 what were our demands. It wasn't jihad as he said, like, and you know, the people always try to turn our actions in our as like a jihad or activists. So that way he used to tell us all the time. So these were our demands, started torture. We were uh, asking for them uh, to improve the living condition the camp. and he was talking to us and assure us that, assured us that everything will change and he will make sure that we'll be treated humanely only Two months, only like, I think, even, like, less, only, uh, even less, two months later, we were dragged to block solitary confinement, different camps, different blocks. a new medical team arrived, and they start forcing feed us. And I not saying no problem with the force feeding. The, the use of, of the force feeding as a mean of torture. You know, I was taken to a block in Camp 2, I was tied to force feeding a chair, like I couldn't move at all, I couldn't breathe. Guards bring piles of insure. and they started with the nurses pouring can of insure, insure one after another, like the only way like you eat. So during the feeding, a group of officers arrived with the uh, interpreters, with the interrogators, camp staff, medical staff, they were behind the fence, And I saw one of them was uh, Ron DeSantos in a a military uniform and he was, while while I was screaming, yelling because I couldn't breathe of the inshore and was like, I was bleeding because they really inserted a thick tube through my nose. So I was like calling them, asking, and he was actually laughing, looking at at the other officers and smiling. So this is my first encounter, uh, second encounter with the um, Ron DeSantos first before the first feeding he came to talk to us and other prisoners second time i saw him like twice while on the first feeding and like i would like to highlight really important things here he was there he wasn't there like to give orders he wasn't involved directly in in the first feeding i didn't see him giving any orders to the guards but he was there like supervising watching when i asked other prisoners uh, who who were also in the first reading? If they saw him, they said yes. One of the artists, he told me, he sent me a uh, message. He said, he... Uh, just
0: "Checking KAMP Student Radio at the University of Aridstone. He sent me
6: asked message. said he was there too.
5: Mansour, we're also showing images of your remarkable artwork, your drawing of being force fed as you speak. But I wanted to turn right now to um, another former Guantanamo prisoner, who democracy uh, Del Aziz, who also remembers Ron DeSantis at Guantanamo. He spoke to us from Mauritania.
7: DeSantis.
0: When I heard that hashtag, Ron DeSantis had been Hazer-in-Chief at Yale, and...
2: This is extremely... Very
0: sadistic. Was a hazer. Razor in chief. You have to be a pretty sick fuck. A jag lawyer at Guantanamo, this is an extremely dangerous man, very sadistic.
2: Sick. To serve the public.
0: To serve... Huh? Where are you going? Okay, so, um... hmm. Where are you going, cuties? Guy's a sick fuck.
7: Okay. He was there that person called Desantis because we didn't we didn't recognize his name until we saw him in the media and then we heard about he is now working in the Congress. The guard who was working uh, you know a very long time ago. for he is a guard, know. No. For the government he's a lawyer and he came there but he's doing the same thing as a guard because he was sided. He was siding with the guards, he was siding with the administration there, he was part of that, he was the link of that chain a chain of involved. People who were involved in uh, injustices, no than the uh, wrongdoing, and uh, uh, mistreatment of detainees, uh, putting people, detainees, in degrading conditions, degrading uh, locals, because many of these blacks were not suitable for for, for animals, not not say about uh, humans.
5: So that's former Guantanamo prisoner, Ahmed Uld Abdel Aziz, speaking from Mauritania. He was released in 2015. Um and Mansoor, you also contacted former Guantanamo prisoners via WhatsApp to see if they remembered Ron DeSantis. For our TV viewers, we're showing the screenshot of one of the people who responded to you who wished to remain anonymous. His message says in translation, quote, yes, I remember him. He was in detention with a group of officers who hurt and tortured us a lot. May Allah publish them all. I assume it means may Allah punish them all. Um, Can you talk further about how the force feeding felt and if there were any guards who were doing this to you or the people you can tell us who they were who were putting in these tubes uh who objected you know uh,
6: this is different between the force feeding and using the force feeding as a means of torture i i spent years on force feeding other some prisoners spent between 2 to 15 years on force feeding. Daily, we get like, usually we get like twice a day, in the morning, in the afternoon or night. Also during Ramadan, they will do it like after sunset. Uh, you know, there was like medical professionals, they were like nurses, doctors, but in 2006, and if you go to, if uh, readers go to my book, I talk particularly about what happened in 2006, was one of the worst years in Guantanamo, where Decentus was there, they start punishing. They started by punishing uh, prisoners in Camp Five. Then they uh, tortured the uh, hunger strikes by force feeding. Also, Camp Four, uh, a medium security camp, was raided and detainees were shot and hospitalized. Three detainees died of this year. Then, uh, by the end of 2006, a new a new camp was was opened, like Camp Six. So. In 2006, when Ron DeSantis was there during the the, 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 uh, the torsion by the first feeding, they really brought uh, thick tubes called uh, Frank, uh, 18 French or two, uh, or uh, 25 French with the metal tip and they just push it in our nose. Guards used to do that too uh, because guards and chemists. Uh, oh, sorry.
0: You okay, no I got
5: you. What's going on? Many of those years in solitary confinement. Mansour Daifi now joins us from his home in Belgrade, Syria. In 2021, he published a memoir titled, Don't Forget Us Here, Lost and Found at Guantanamo. Mansour Daifi, welcome back to Democracy Now!
6: Hey, hi, Amy. Uh, Nice to see you again. Good morning, America. Mm -hmm.
5: It's great to have you with us. You're actually speaking to the world right now um, at democracynow.org. You were detainee 441. Explain your connection to the current Florida governor, DeSantis.
6: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, back to 2006. As you know, like, let me give a brief uh, introduction, so why we went on hunger strike in the first place. As you know, we were transferred to Guantanamo, spent uh, years without without any kind, like, until now, without like, charges or rights and so on. By the end of 2002, General Jeffrey Miller arrived and he turned the the, the Guantanamo into an experimenting lab, and the situation got only worse every month and every year. By 2005, we managed to organize, like, a mass hunger strike that embarrassed the U.S. government. The uh, CAMP administration at that time tried to negotiate with us to stop the hunger strikes so they can improve the living condition in the CAMP. We agreed, but it was just they were buying uh, time. By the beginning of 2006, a new medical team, a new uh, CAMP staff arrived. One of them was uh, a young officer, a young, handsome officer who came to talk to us and told us he was there to ensure that we were being treated uh, humanely, and we talked to him about why we were a hunger strike what, 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 what were our demands it wasn't jihad as he said like and you know what people always try to turn our actions in Guantanamo as like a jihad or activist cell that way you sit to us all the time so these were our demands, stop the torture we were uh, asking for them. Uh, to improve the living condition, the camp, and he was talking to us, and assured us that assured us that everything will change, and he will make sure that we will be treated humanely. Only two months, only like I think, even less. Only uh, even less two months later, we were dragged to black solitary confinement, different camps, different blocks. A new medical team arrived, and they start. Forcing feed us, and I must say, no problem with the first feeding. The, the use of, of the first feeding as a mean of torture. You know, I was taken to for um, Nofer Block in Camp Camp Two. I was tied to a force feeding a chair, like I couldn't move at all. I couldn't breathe. Guards bring piles in shore. And they started with the nurses pouring can of ensure one after another. Like the only way like you eat. So during the feeding, a group of officers arrived with the uh, interpreters, with the interrogators, camp staff, medical staff. They were behind the fence. And I saw one of them was uh, Ron Santos in a, a military uniform. And he was while, while I was screaming, yelling because I couldn't breathe of the issue. And was like, I was bleeding because they really insert a thick tube through my nose. <laughs> So I was like calling them, asking, and then he was actually laughing, looking at at the other officers and smiling. So this is my first encounter, uh, second encounter with the um, Ron DeSantos. First, before the first feeding, he came to talk to us and other prisoners. Second time, I saw him like twice while on the first feeding, and like I would like to highlight really important things here. He was there. He wasn't there like to give orders. He wasn't involved directly in in the first feeding. I didn't see him giving orders to the guards, but he was there, like supervising, watching. When I asked other prisoners uh, who who were also in the first feeding if they saw him, they said yes. One of the at least he told me he sent me a uh, message. He said he was there too. Consor,
5: we're also showing images of your remarkable artwork, your drawing of being force-fed as you speak. But I wanted to turn right now to um, another former Guantanamo prisoner who Democracy Now! reached last week, Ahmed Abdel Aziz, who also remembers Ron DeSantis at Guantanamo. He spoke to us from Mauritania. Desantis, he was there,
7: that person called Desantis because we didn't, we didn't recognize his name until we saw him in the media and then we heard about, he is now working in the Congress, a guard who was working, uh, you know, a very long time ago. For us he is a guard, you know, for the government he is a lawyer and he came there but he's doing the same thing as a guard because he was sided, he was siding with the guards, he was siding with the administration there. He was part of that, he was the link of that chain, a chain of involvers, people who were involved in uh, injustices, uh, wrongdoing, and uh, uh, mistreatment of detainees, uh, putting people, detainees, in degrading conditions, degrading. Uh, Locals, because many of these blocks were not suitable for, the, for for animals, not not say about uh, humans.
5: So that's former Guantanamo prisoner Abdel Aziz speaking from Mauritania. He was released in 2015. Um, A Mansour. You also contacted former Guantanamo prisoners via WhatsApp to see if they remembered Ron DeSantis. For our TV viewers, we're showing the screenshot of one of the people who responded to you who wished to remain anonymous. His message says in translation, quote, yes, I remember him. He was in detention with a group of officers who hurt and tortured us a lot. May Allah publish them all. I assume it means may Allah punish them all. Um, can you talk further about how the force feeding felt and if there were any guards who were doing this to you or the people, you can tell us who they were, who were putting in these tubes, uh, who
6: objected? You know, uh, this is different between the force feeding and using the force feeding as a meal of torture. I, I spent years on force feeding. Other, some prisoners spent between two to fifteen years on force feeding. daily. Wow. We get like, usually we get like twice a day in the morning, in the afternoon or night. Also during Ramadan they will do it like after sunset. Uh, you know, there was like medical professionals they were like nurses, doctors, but in 2006, and if you go to, if uh, readers go to my book, I talk particularly about what happened in 2006, it was one of the worst years in Guantanamo, where Decentos was there. They, start punishing, they started by punishing uh, prisoners in Camp 5, then they uh, tortured the hunger uh, strikes by force feeding. Also, Camp 4, uh, a medium security camp was raided, and detainees were shot and hospitalized. Three detainees died this year. Then. Uh, by the end of 2006, a new a new camp was, was opened, like Camp 6. So, in 2006, when Ron Santos was there during the the the, 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 uh, the torture by the first feeding, they really brought uh, thick tubes called uh, French, uh, 18 French or, two, uh, or uh, 25 French with the metal tape, and they just push it in our nose. Guards used to do that too. Uh, because guards and and, and, staff, and medical staff, sorry, were there doing the force feeding. Uh, we I got fed five times a day. They left me all night on the force feeding its chair, and they give us some kind of laxative uh, liquid in the in the in the in the, in the, in the nutrition uh, liquid. So while sitting on the on the, on the force feeding its chair, we would shit in ourselves, and they left us like that. When they move us to solitary confinement again, they leave us only with shorts, really cold cell. And the second day they will start again, like leave us four hours. We could last some for three days, five days, and we had to stop. So they ensure they bought like boxes, five boxes or more, and the the first feeding bag where they just pull took in care insure one after another. I felt I was really drowning. Um, on one of the first feeding, when I was like throwing up, yes, Ron Santos was there behind the fence, and camp officers, they were behind the fence when I was throwing up. The insurance was so much in my stomach, so I threw at them, and they jumped back, they were killing themselves, looking at me. So I, I felt I did something at least, you know, uh, uh, worth it. So. On of, one, of, uh, one of the first feeding, while I was growing up, the tube literally came out of my mouth. I remember the nurse grabbed it from the, the tube and was like, start to eat. You have to start to eat. So that lasts for me for five days, and I had no choice. Like I couldn't last either like die or stop the, 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 the hunger strike, and we stopped. Uh, I was first fed again in 2009, 2013, other, but, that time they did it professionally and we had no problem. we could we co- cooperate co- cooperated with them. The only time that force feeding was used as torture in 2006 there was also another in the other years where some medical uh, medical team they would try to pressure us you know like by mm-hmm to stop the hunger strike, but not as bad as uh, in 2006.
5: In 2006, lawyers for another prisoner argued that the military made the force-feeding process unnecessarily painful and humiliating to break the hunger strike. Um, uh, at the time, something like 100 of the prisoners were on hunger strike. Um, I wanted to ask you why you think that um, uh, Ron DeSantis, now the governor of Florida, has hardly mentioned his time, his experience at Guantanamo in his new book, The Courage to be Free, and also ask you about his time in Fallujah, um, which is very interesting. Um, going back to Iraq, um, you have... Um, he arrived in 2007, right after he was at Guantanamo, during the surge. According to the Tampa Bay Times, DeSantis served as the senior legal advisor to the SEAL who commanded Special Operations Task Force West in Fallujah, Navy uh-huh. Captain Dane Thorlifson. Um Talk about the... Uh, legacy of fallujah
6: first of all he didn't mention much about his time in Guantanamo because we know he was part of gtf and he was a legal advisor and if you ask me i think this is a cool person um i think i believe that his mis- mission there was to uh, cover up and uh, to cover up what happened in, uh, in 2006. so uh, about fallujah i don't think i'm in a position to comment in his time there but before, for what I have read and seen, that and we all know what happened in Fallujah, like you know, the death of um, civilians using depleted uh, uranium, and so on. So I would like to say one word to Americans, just watch out from that from that uh, person, you know, someone who will be, be, the truth to serve his own uh, political uh, interest.
5: Uh, Mansoor, we're going to do a second part of this interview and post it at democracynow.org. You just wrote a comment is free op-ed piece in The Guardian about a Biden administration decision around the artwork of the Guantanamo prisoners. And we're going to talk about that and also show more of your images that you drew while in Guantanamo. Yes, Wansura Daifi is a former Guantanamo prisoner, detainee 441, imprisoned without charge for 14 years and seven months before being released in 2016 to Serbia. We spoke to him in Belgrade. His memoir is titled, Don't Forget Us Here, Lost and Found at Guantanamo. That does it for our show. Democracy Now! Currently accepting applications for a digital fellow. Go to democracynow.org for more information. I'm Amy Goodman, thanks so much for joining us.
0: they're like thong underwear I should tell your mama on you. Chicky, chicky, don't worry, man. Chicky, chicky. (laughs) Rights
2: <laughs> Being tortured by Ron DeSantis. Without a cause...
0: That's all for oil and geopolitical. Exclamation point. Period.
2: Hey, Amy. How all the traitors Reagan's team To the Middle East and Exclamation point.
0: Assalamualaikum okay
5: this is democracy now democracynow.org the war and peace report i'm amy goodman as former president and 2024 presidential candidate donald trump prepares to be arrested in new york on tuesday we turn now to
0: Yes. Message. And, um... story idea two story ideas okay um fred trump
2: two.
0: <sighs> well. Where- been 2. What was the other one? Um... Read the scientist.
2: I have got
0: Democrat. Democrats... hmm Do 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 hmm. you're still there oh my gosh you are wow that was an asmr by the way um okay let's see what's going on by this touch. aren't they live yet let's discuss fox launches most disgusting messaging yet why the fuck are you allowing these people not to be charged with insurrection co-conspirators get up stand up
3: I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. The depths of depravity of Fox and the MAGA Republican propaganda echo chamber, right? It it knows no low. I mean, when you think it's hit a bottom, they find (laughs) new bottoms. And now, essentially every night, they're just calling for secession. They're calling for—I—I <laughs> I, I could only characterize it as what their words are—a a violent civil war to take place we because need to call what? For because their Republicans are such snowflakes and can't tolerate tolerance. They can't tolerate equality.
2: And Fox News.
3: They can't tolerate the rule of law. They can't tolerate law and order. Here, look, this is Jason Whitlock on an interview with Tucker. You'll see Tucker just kind of sitting there with that shit-eating green for Vladimir Putin right there, nodding his head as Jason Whitlock, his guest, calls for
4: secession. Play the clip. We can't so stupid. find common ground with people who have That's no respect for the truth. No
0: secession. respect for
4: justice. <laughs> no respect Ridiculous. for fairness, we have to think about going our separate ways. And and whether that's through succession <laughs> or whether that's through some separate sort of national divorce, it has to be on the table Go because, fuck yourself, you, uh, fucking you just can't find common ground with people this delusional <laughs> who think that they're God and they can make up the rules and, and so I, I, I just I, I don't see a pathway forward for those of us that uh, respect America's founding, have traditional values, have a faith in God. We got to separate. And, 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 and I don't care how it's done, but I just don't see a way to coexist with people this far removed from truth. Oh, and Whitlock wasn't done
3: there. Whitlock goes on to uh, cite Bible verses as justifying
4: the need for secession. Play this play. He calling Trump the most righteous person in the no world, way. but anybody I'm looking retarded. at this knows that Alvin Bragg and the Democratic and the leftists are, are, are lawless. Should run
2: out of office. they don't
4: believe in fair justice, equal uh, treatment under the law. They don't believe in that. And, and...